Namaskaram. Uh, hi, Michael, Ernesto, hi. Jose. Uh, today we have a question that says like this. Uh, in the path of Sri Ramana, uh, Sadhuam says, it is normal for one who is truly engaged in the practice of self-attention to frequently experience as if one's true nature of absolute self shines at times and then obscures. On such occasions, one will be able to understand very clearly from one's own experience how the world's appearance vanishes and how it again comes into existence. It's uh, a quote from the book. Is he talking about subsiding in Leia, or does the world really vanish when a deep vairagya is combined with a strong love to turn within? Does this happen in the advanced stages of practice? Um, no, it's certainly not. It's certainly not Leia. If if so long as our so long as we are clinging firmly to self attentiveness, we avoid pramada. Pramada means self negligence. Pramada can take two forms. One form is when our attention gets diverted by by other thoughts under the sway of our vasanas, and it goes outwards. That's one form of pramada. The other form of pramada is falling asleep or subsiding into layer. When we cling to self-attentiveness, we, so long as we are holding firmly to self-attentiveness, we are balanced between these two. We neither get carried away by thoughts, nor do we subside in layer. If we, if we get carried away by thoughts, or if we subside in layer, that means we have lost a hold on our self-attentiveness. So what he is talking about here is nothing to do with uh, layer. Layer means a temporary dissolution of mind. Um, in self-investigation, if we, so long as we are holding on to self-attentiveness, that uh, layer cannot occur. And if we hold on to the self-attentiveness firmly enough, it will lead to manonasa, which is the permanent dissolution of mind. Um, what he's talking about here is that is to the extent to which we are self-attentive. Our attention is thereby withdrawn from other things. So when we go deep in this practice, the deeper we go in this practice, the more clearly our own real nature as pure being, I am, alone shines. And other things thereby withdraw into the background and eventually they will disappear. So when we are deeply absorbed in self-attentiveness, the world, in effect, disappears. It may not disappear completely, but it disappears to a very great extent. It uh, it recedes into the background of our awareness, so to speak. And, of course, when it disappears completely, then that is the state of pure awareness. But during practice, we can see how the world, as we go deeper within, the, the world appearance dissolves more and more. The world appearance dissolves along with ego. Of course, it will dissolve completely and permanently, only when ego dissolves completely and permanently. But to the extent to which ego subsides as a result of self-attentiveness, the um, appearance of the world, and the world here means all other things. It includes not only the... the physical phenomena that make up the physical world, but also the mental phenomena that make up the mental world. 
all will dissolve or recede into a background to the extent to which we are self-attentive. Is that a clear answer to that question? And does that seem to fit, seem to you to fit with the rest of that passage? Uh, yes, mm -hmm, certainly. Yeah, the uh, the thing for, is that for uh, those who are watching this, incidentally, this is um, this is this passage occurs in the in the chapter on uh, the first chapter of the supplement, that is um, uh, the world and God, in the in the current edition that's on page 156 but soon a new version is going to be brought out in which the page numbers will change because the the uh the introduction which should have been part of the main book was earlier put in the prefatory section so once that comes into the main book all the page numbers will will um will uh, change accordingly but currently it's on page 156 it may be about 10 pages later in future uh, editions. So when Sadhguru says that, that is, he's talking about the solution to a great extent. Not to a, a great extent, yes. If the complete dissolution takes place as a result of self-attentiveness, when everything dissolves, ego obviously ego dissolves, that everything dissolves to the extent that ego dissolves. So when everything has dissolved completely, that is because ego has dissolved completely. And what then remains shining is pure awareness. So once we, as soon as we recognize ourselves as pure awareness, that is then ego is destroyed forever. That is what is um what can be described as a 180-degree turn. So what he's talking about here is during the practice when we are turning close to 180 degrees but haven't yet reached 180 degrees. Yeah, enough to see that the there is a correlation between the, the rising of the first person and the second and third, third person arising. Yes, 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 yes. Mm -hmm. But we we because the solution we can, of mind, we can observe this at other times. We can observe this at other times. For example, if we are sometimes when we are dozing off to sleep, we may for some reason be trying to keep ourselves awake. But, but we may have some reason we don't want to sleep, so we're trying to keep awake. But the sleep is overpowering us. What usually happens at that time is this: the the waking world begins to dissolve and the the dream world seems to take over so we sometimes we seem to be in a state where we're somewhere in between waking and dream we're still slightly aware of the waking state but dreaming mixed up with dream images this of course this is this is not uh, the complete disappearance of world but we can see at such times how the appearance of the world is mind dependent and the world seems solid to the extent to which we are attached to the body that's why when we're dreaming the dream world seems very real because of the strength of our attachment to a dream body but as soon as we wake up from as soon as we leave that dream and come to this so-called waking state our identification and attachment to that dream body is severed, 
and therefore we at once recognize it was just a mental projection. So uh, I'm not saying this is the same, but a little similar to that, the more we cling to self-attentiveness, the more we conceive a world. It's very difficult. When we try and put it in words, it fails because the word cannot, but it's almost like the, the world is, um, is, is disappearing from view. Of course, if we notice the world is disappearing from view, then our attention has slipped away from ourselves towards the world. So, but if we if we are clinging firmly to self attentiveness, we will understand in retrospect how, to the extent that we are self attentive, to that extent the world disappears, the world dissolves, the world appearance yeah, that, dissolves. That was my next question. Actually, is uh, I was going to ask you about if that can be compared to that state in which one is uh, slowly falling asleep. That, that can lead to pramada and I mean to leya because you can fall asleep uh, if you are tired or something. Yes. But the difference would be uh, uh, in comparison with uh, regards to the text that uh, Salom is describing here is that at that very moment is that is not due to tiredness. It's just because you are obviously uh, holding on to yourself to a great extent. Mm. And the the kind of sensation is the same. I mean, the the vanishing of the the, the second and third person yes. is kind of the same, but the what brings it about is obviously a, a different reason. Yes, yes. What happens if you? What happens if you? Um, ex, experience is it the same thing that happens if you experience sleeping waking? Sleeping waking. Is is the is, that is what is meant by sleeping waking is our natural state of pure awareness. It's called sleeping waking. Or that is the Sanskrit term is jagrat shashupti. Um, in Tamil, it's sometimes called nanavu tuil, which means uh, sleep waking or, or wake, waking sleep. It's also sometimes called um, nanavil uh, tuil, sleep in waking. Bhagavan uses both terms. Um, that is the state where we are fully awake to our own being and completely asleep to the appearance of the world. That is our natural state. That is what we are moving towards when we are practicing self-attentiveness. But we don't actually experience that uh, that wakeful, we, we may experience something close to that wakeful sleep, but we don't experience wakeful sleep itself until ego is annihilated. But once ego is annihilated, we will then realize that waking, wakeful sleep is our true state, and there was never a moment when we were not experiencing that. But from the perspective of ego, we are not experiencing it now. Right. Okay. That is our so real, is like our real nature. What we actually are is always in the state of wakeful sleep. But so because we like now a... seem to be ego, we seem to be out of that state. It it feels like it's the wall between sleep and waking. So ego is this hard division between what it calls the waking state and the sleep. Yes. Yes. In the deep sleep. Sleep is actually our natural state. 
However, from the perspective of ego in waking and dream, sleep seems to be defective. Firstly, sleep seems to be a temporary state, whereas our natural state is eternal. So that's the first defect in sleep. We, that is the, the defect in sleep is that we come out of it again. And secondly, from the perspective of ego, because what, sorry, what shines in sleep is only our real nature. But from the perspective of ego in, in the waking or dream state, our real nature is seemingly obscured. Our real nature is the pure awareness I am. This is seemingly obscured by ego, which is the false awareness I am this body. So because ego is ego as ego, we can never be aware of our real nature. So we're not aware of our real nature because we've now risen as ego. We we're not aware of our we as ego are not aware of our real nature. Therefore, we cannot recognize what it was that was shiny in sleep, because what is shiny in sleep is our real nature. So just like our real nature, which is shiny even here and now, is seemingly obscured by the um, by the superimposition of ego, the same ego is superimposed on our recollection of what was shiny in sleep. Right. This is why it seems like it, it, it's a, it seems to the ego that he cannot explain what's in deep sleep. Yes. E ego, as ego, we cannot grasp what was shiny in sleep. We what we do know, we are aware of our existence in sleep. We are not aware of our identity in sleep. And when I say we, I mean we as ego in the waking state. We right. are aware I slept. But what we were in sleep is 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 obscured because it's what we were in sleep is what is shiny even now, but is obscured by the superimposition of ego. Now, is it obscured by the superimposition of ego as in the vastness being superimposed on it? Is it ego that is superimposed on it? Is it it's e ego is superimposed on it. Vasanas are just a, a... It is the nature of ego to have vasanas, but there can't be any vasanas without ego. So the primary super... What, what obscures our real nature is ego. Ego is what is, in the old text, is described as avidya, Agnana, Maya. So ego itself is what's laid up on it. Yeah, yeah. That is, ego is Maya, and Maya is said to have two, um, two. They're said to be two shaktis, two two powers of Maya. The primary power of Maya is what is called Avarana. That means obscuring. That is, ego itself is the Avarana. The other power is vikshepa. Vikshepa means scattering. So as soon as our real nature is obscured, we become aware of all this multiplicity. That is the scattering. So these are the two, the two essential um, characteristics of ego. The two defining characteristics of ego is, firstly, as ego, we are always aware of ourselves as I am this body. That is the avarana. Secondly, we are consequently aware of other things. That is the big shaper. Right. Right. And it, so, in other words, 
observation observation of things other than ourselves plus ignorance of ourselves yes yes that, that that is there is no ignorance what is called ignorance of ourselves is nothing but a mis mistaken identity that is sometimes some, some if you listen to people who give uh, lectures on vedanta they'll often say first there is the um first we are we have to be ignorant of our real nature and then only we can make the error of mistaking ourselves to be a body as if it's two different things but actually it's one and the same thing because the, what is called ignorance of our real nature is nothing but the wrong knowledge i am this body right for someone who doesn't practice atmavichara at the time of death then um the obscuring nature of the ego remains yes yes well thereby, ego remains and the obscuring thereby, nature of, i mean ego is always the very nature of ego is obscuring thereby a new birth happens yeah yeah what seems yeah in the in the question says if it, if that happens what sadwams describes there happens in advanced stages of the practice yes i mean obviously it's not going we don't we may not notice that in, in the early stages but the deeper we go in the practice the clearer what he's talking about here will be, will be to us but as you say the important thing i mean we don't have to be obviously we don't have to keep an eye on what is no if if, if you're there. watching if you're watching yes. out for the disappearance of the world it will never disappear until you fall asleep exactly yeah right. so sleep is a very um it's a very tricky thing for yes, the yes. ego yes and this is why there's so much um confusion about this subject um this was a, a topic that came up uh, recently about uh, 10 days ago there was you may have seen it there was a uh, a discussion uh, in which both swami sabapriyananda and i were answering questions and some of the questions were about our experience in sleep um and i explained that though there are different levels of explanation are given about this that is in most of the older texts it is said but though um but uh because people want to know if ego is absent in sleep how does it come out of sleep again how if ego ceases to exist how can it come into existence again so uh, the explanation that is usually given in the sastras is but um but Though ego is absent in sleep, the vasanas remain, and the vasanas are what give rise to ego. But that is not the explanation Bhagavan gives us, because according to Bhagavan, ego is the root cause. There can't be any vasanas without ego. So Bhagavan gives us a much more refined explanation, which is actually a much more satisfactory explanation. But many people who've read the old texts and whose minds are fixed in those ideas, there's one person. that is that video it was first there for some days the the video that's been live streamed remained on yusi's website 
I mean, you said YouTube channel. Then he edited it and he put a, another version and took down the live streaming. And um, in, 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 I think in the live streaming, there was one person who was commenting, but what I was saying was wrong. But Godapada has very clearly said it in Mandukya Karika. So what Godapada said is correct. <laughs> but that is, with, of course, Godapada did give a certain explanation, but the explanations that are given have to be according to the, that, as Bhagavan said, the teaching has to be according to the taught. So the deeper and subtler explanations, sages don't always give the deepest and subtlest explanation. Often they give a, a more superficial explanation, which is suited to the, uh, to the grasping power of those they are addressing. Because there's no point in giving the, te the deepest teaching to those who are not ready for them. If we want the deepest teaching, we need to think about the teachings and question them. The more we question them, the more the deeper and deeper ex um, uh, explanations they will give us. So if we're satisfied with the more superficial explanation, they will leave it th at that. It's only if we, we have a very critical, if we, if we consider all these things very critically and question, then they will give us the deeper teachings. I saw this very clearly with Sadhuam. I, I was with him for about more than eight years, eight and a half years or whatever. And as I, as I was able to understand the subject more and more, I, started, I was able to ask deeper questions. And he, was, he then gave me deeper answers. And sometimes he would give me an answer and I would say, oh, this is, this is really nice. This is far better than anything I've heard before. I mean, a few days later, I'll, some visitors will come and we'll be asking him about a similar subject. And he'll be giving a more superficial explanation. And then I'll ask him afterwards. I won't ask immediately, but afterwards I'll say, why when you gave me this very nice explanation, why do you give them this explanation which isn't really so satisfactory? He said, for you it's not satisfactory, for them it's satisfactory. So it, it, when they think, go deeper in the practice, and then they begin to question these explanations, then only the deeper explanations are to be given. Right, right, of course. So that's why sometimes even Bhagavan will sometimes talk as if he's talking according to the way it's explained in the older texts. Because Bhagavan knows some people aren't going to grasp anything more than that. But in other places, Bhagavan says very clearly, sleep is not ignorance. It is your pure state. It's pure awareness in sleep. In, it's, that's recorded in Maharsha's Gospel, him saying that. And in... Um, there's a verse in Guru Kavai in which he says something to the effect. When the, when, I, I can't remember the exact word, but it's something to the effect. When the root cause of all this, namely ego, is removed, then the, I know, I think he said, it, to, to call our state of pure awareness that shines in sleep as a, as a as a sheath is wrong. When when the root cause of the ignorance that give rise to these three states is removed, then what was previously denigrated as a state of darkness, a state of um, ignorance, will sh will shine 
as, as our own real nature. In other words, the, the, the explanations that are given that seem to concede the fact that sleep is a state of darkness, it's given for those who are not ready to grasp anything deeper. But if we if we go deeper in the practice, we will find more and more we will find the superficial explanations unsatisfactory. We'll see through them, we'll see inconsistencies there. So so we, we, we then when we think about it deeper, then we and if we question deeper, then we get given the deeper explanations. This this is like and just put it in an analogy, see if I follow it correctly. This because this ego is a very tricky thing. Um, yeah. And it's like, th this is deep sleep right here. But the yeah. ego is very, very funny because it puts the deep sleep in a box and now you don't see it. Yeah. This is a of ignorance, right? Yeah. Now we have to explain what deep sleep is, having put it in a box. Yeah. Only yeah. until you you know, well, a second, let me see for one minute what we're talking about yeah that you can ask the teachings all, all because that, in the box, it's yeah. an imaginative idea yeah all that shines in sleep is our own being i am which is shiny right. even now that's why bhagavan often you say you're asleep even now even now, because yeah. because what sleep is is nothing but the, the pure shiny of i am that's why he said sleep is your pure state. It's not a state of ignorance. There's full ignorance in in waking and dream and complete and and, and pure knowledge in uh, sleep. Right. That's another thing. I, that's another thing I noticed in some of the comments on on the various because this this uh this uh, video of uh, uh, Swami Sabapriyananda and I discussing that this has now appeared on various different YouTube channels. Some people have edited it and put a briefer version and so on. So a, a number of people have sent me links to saying, uh, did you know that this has also appeared on such and such a channel? So I, I've also been reading some of the co uh, comments there. And one of the comments that some people have been making is that I am is is ego, I am is ignorance, um, but but I am is not the, the reality, because they 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 they're so in, um, so accustomed to a certain way of thinking. This sort of confusion you get a lot in the Sagadatta about what is sometimes the Sagadatta seems to say I am is the reality. Sometimes he seems to say say it's the first thing to rise. But what does the term I am refer to? I am means I exist. So I am refers to our existence. Our existence is Brahman. Our existence is Sat, Satchit. So it, it, I, when Bhagavan is very, very clear, ego is not I am. Ego is that same I am mixed and conflated with adjuncts as I am this body. So I am. It's, it's that it's our it's the pure awareness. It's the, the awareness that is our own being, and that is what is right. shining in all three states. Right. But because people people's uh, minds are soaked in in what they've read, they that's why Sadhuam often used to say, 
if you want to understand Bhagavan's teachings, you need to come with a fresh and open mind. You need to have a clean slate. He said, if you bring me a slate, which is full of scribblings, and ask me to write Bhagavan's beautiful name on that slate, first I have to wipe the slate clean, and then write Bhagavan's name. Because if I write Bhagavan, and then you can see the beauty of his name. If instead of wiping the slate clean, if I just write his name over the already over all the scribblings that are already there, his beautiful name will just become one among the many scribblings. Likewise with the mind. When we've got if we've got a if our mind is filled with ideas that we've learned previously, and we try and understand Bhagavan's teaching through the filter of those already um preconceived ideas, we will not understand Bhagavan's teachings correctly. Firstly, we need to be ready to set aside all our previous understandings and preconceptions and beliefs and everything. We need to come to Bhagavan with a... Our mind needs to be a tabula rasa, needs to be a clean slate, a, a blank piece of paper. Then only Bhagavan's teachings will take the... the, the, the Will will make a deep impression upon us. It's because too many people uh, confuse, no? This meaning of I am, because yes, 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 yes. Nisargadatta usually refers to the the first sense of I as a body. Yeah, but that's not it's I am. Sense. Yes, that yes. Is, I am is our our existence. Our existence is the one thing that is certainly real. Nobody can doubt I exist. So yes, how can anyone say Hatma. I exist is ignorance? I exist is, is, is the one thing. Uh, the Hatma Buddhi. Hmm? Without the Hatma Buddhi. Yes, yes, without the Hatma Buddhi. But the De Hatma Buddhi is I am this body. Yes. But, uh, but it... I, I am is our existence. I am this body or I am this or that or anything, even I am Brahman, that is an identity. Identifying ourselves with anything other than I is a false identity. That's why Bhagavan said the ultimate truth is not even I am Brahman. Because so long as we, we, we use the word Brahman, we are thinking about something other than ourselves. Brahman is something very great, very vast. So we have to be told at first, I am Brahman, you are that, Tattvamasi. Why? Because till now we've been looking for something outside ourselves, some god or Brahman or jnana or happiness. We've been looking for these things outside ourselves. So we are told you are that. But the final experience is not I am Brahman. The final experience is I am I. That is Brahman. Brahman is that which shines in our heart as I am I, as Bhagavan said in that um, in that Sanskrit verse, Hridya Guhra Madhye Kevalam Brahma Matram Kyam Aham Iti Kuta Apmarupena. That is, Brahman is that which is shiny as our own self in the form I am I. So, yeah, I am I is our true identity. I am anything other than I is a false identity. Of course, it's true that I am Brahman because Brahman is I. So I is Brahman, but why to bring in, if Brahman is I, why to talk about Brahman? Why not just talk about I? 
The whole Let's purpose of Mahabhakya is to turn our attention away from the idea of some something outside ourselves, what we've been looking for outside, we ourselves for that. So we need to be investigating ourselves alone. Can, can I ask a question related to yeah. that? I am I. Um, so I am, when we, when we normally talk about I am Jose or I am a person. Yeah. The Jose is something that I'm aware of. Yes. It's a, something else. Yeah. And I am taking, I am identifying A with B. Yeah. Where what can be said of B cannot be said of A. Yeah, exactly. I've already broken that yeah. um, <clears throat> equality there. So now we're trying to identify A with A. Yes, exactly. But in order for me to identify anything with anything, I have to know that which I am identifying. Yeah. Because if if um if I want to say that what's in this box is the same as it's in the other box, then so long if I don't know it, then I can't really identify it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think so when I say I am I, for me to identify myself as myself, I have to know myself. Yes. Which leads to the question. How to know myself? Can I know myself with the perception of anything else lingering? In other words, do I really have to isolate myself from anything else to know myself? Is it is it that I have to come to a point where I have to turn 180 degrees? Can I not know myself with that 179 degrees? Is that not enough? No. No, it is not. No. Because, <laughs> okay. as Bhagavan says in what? verse 4 of Ulujunapadu, if oneself is a form, the world and God will be likewise. If oneself is not a form, who can see their forms and how? So, so long as we are aware of anything other than ourselves, anything other than ourselves is a form. So long as we are aware of any form, however subtle it may be, we we have already limited ourselves as a form. So in order because there to, has to be some perspective. Hmm? There has to be some point of view from which yeah, I am seeing yeah, that. Yes, yes. To and see something to see something other than yourself, you must be other than that other thing. Right. So there's always, so long as you've got subject and object, you're in ignorance. So it's right. the, the state of pure awareness is the state that is beyond this dichotomy, this duality of subject and object. So, so that's why Bhagavan says, so long as we see the world, we don't see Swarupa. Or Swarupa does not shine. When the world shines, Swarupa does not shine. When Swarupa shines, the world does not shine. Right. That's because I still need to be in a position to be able yes. to serve anything else. You must okay. have a point of view. Right. But so that in brings... pure awareness, there is no point. There's, there's just, no point. I mean, there's, there's no, that is a point is a limitation, but pure awareness is unlimited. In other words, I have to be in a state where 
I have the absence of phenomenon of deep sleep, but at the same time, the waking, the wakefulness of the waking state. Yes, yes, yes. It has to be said like that because it seems to us that sleep is a state of, of devoid of that awareness. But when we know that, we will recognize, oh, sleep was always, that was always shiny oh. in sleep. Sleep was never a state of ignorance. It's full but of that. From our perspective, sleep seems to be a state of darkness. So we, we have it has to be said like that. When in fact it's full of light. It's full of light, yes. I have no further questions. Yeah. And that is, we are superimposing our own darkness is ego. We as ego are superimposing our own darkness on sleep. But that right. darkness is absent in sleep because ego is absent. So it's only from the perspective of waking and of ego in waking and dream that sleep seems to be a state of darkness. But sleep, sleep seems to be a state that comes and goes. Sleep never comes and goes. Sleep is our eternal state. We're the ones who come and go. Yeah, exactly. And if we investigate ourselves, we'll find that even we never came or went. <laughs> we always are as we are. <laughs> but now it has to be said, yes, we seem to come and go. Okay. The incredible is that um, when you are going, when you are in a sleep, in the deep sleep, and ego is not to eradicate, no? Yes. Uh, you are not, not conscious of your consciousness. Uh, the state of jnani, no, is jagrat uh, sushupti, no, that you mentioned before, no. Yes. When you you. you when you the... say you're not aware of your consciousness, who is not aware? Yeah, no, always you are aware of of our consciousness, no. <laughs> yes. But the, the the absolutely clear clearness, no. Uh, yes. The absolutely clear that you are that, without yes. the interruption of this uh, elevation of this uh, yeah. ego. No, um, when when uh, when from the perspective of ego, you are going to the deep sleep. Yeah, uh, you you only can uh, you only can try uh, when you wake up again in the morning to remember that uh, um, you you discuss uh, 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 you the rest the rest thank you you rest. Absolutely, no. You you feel rest. Yeah. You feel uh, clear. Yeah. Uh, you know that you um, you continue sixteen, no? About yeah. Uh, but this difference of the of the, the perception and perception is not the 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 the, the correct word, no? Of oh, you are absolutely that. Uh, yes. without ego is very different from the idea that we can uh, explain about this, this this absolutely absence of experience in the real uh, Satchitananda, your real nature. I, I don't know if I'm explaining very, uh, I, very well. I, I It's not very clear to me. I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I try to say in Spanish, and yes, um, yes. you are uh, so kind yes. translating. Yeah. Digamos que 
en el, en el sueño profundo, mientras este ego no ha sido erradicado, In deep sleep, uh, so long as this ego hasn't been eradicated, eh, uno no es plenamente consciente de que uno siempre ha sido plenamente consciente de sí mismo. One is not fully aware that one has been always fully aware of oneself as 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 it is as we are. And when the Sahaja Nirvikalpa Shamadi occurs. Bueno, <risa> así, así, perdón, que cuando eh, ocurre el, el Sahaya Nirvikal Pashamadi, eh, tú estás absolutamente claro. De que tú siempre has sido eso. That you have always been that. Y que no hay otra cosa aparte de eso. And that there is nothing else besides that. Solo hay existencia. Conciencia eterna. Or eternal consciousness. Sin espacio ni tiempo ni nada. Uh, without space or time or anything else. Pero la percepción del sueño profundo eh, de quien no ha llegado a, a morir en vida como este ego. The perception of deep sleep from for one who hasn't been able to uh, to die in life as this ego no deja de ser en cierto grado is to a certain extent only eh, un, una una percepción mezclada de sí sé que he estado que no he estado desaparecido que no he desaparecido mixed perception uh, of oneself being that i haven't disappeared pero no he estado plenamente consciente de ser consciente. Sorry, I, I, have, I have disappeared, but I haven't been fully aware of being aware. Right. Okay. Um, I think that the best way to think of this is there are two possible points of view. One point of view is the real point of view. That is the point of view of Swarupa. Swarupa means our own real nature. From the perspective of Swarupa, there is never anything other than Swarupa. So there's no changing states or anything. There's just that pure awareness. From the perspective of ego, there are three states, waking, dream, and sleep. In two of those three states, We are aware of ourselves and we are aware of other things. In, in the third state, namely sleep, it seems to us, and unless we think about it carefully, it seems to us that we're not aware of anything in sleep. It is true in a sense we're not aware of anything in sleep, but we are aware. We're aware of our own being. Um, that which is aware of its own existence in sleep is only Swarupa, because ego is completely absent there. When, when we rise as ego, because ego, ego is, a, is a conflation of two elements of the pure awareness I am and the adjuncts, namely this body. So we, we recognize when we wake up, I slept. So when we say I slept, that means we existed in a sleep 
state called sleep. But who was it who existed in that sleep? In that sleep, it wasn't ego. Ego was completely non-existent in sleep. What existed in sleep is only Swarupa. But because Swarupa is the reality of ego, ego claims that existence, but was in sleep as its own existence. Yes, I slept. I existed in sleep. So we, uh, as ego, we 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 lay claim to the existence, but shone in sleep. But that existence was not our existence as ego, but our existence as Swarupa, which is which is the reality of ego. So that is why we, from the perspective of ego in the waking and dream state, we're able to recognize that we existed in sleep. But we are not able to rec. We are able to recognize our existence in sleep, but not our identity in sleep. Why we cannot recognize our identity in sleep? Because ego obscures our identity now. Our identity in sleep is exactly the same as our real identity now. But our real identity, which is I am I, is obscured by ego, the false awareness I am this body. So the, the, we, we, from the perspective of ego, it seemed we existed in sleep, but we didn't know anything. But we, so there's, there's a, the, the, our, our view, of, when we view sleep from the perspective of ego, there's an inherent confusion there. Because we're recognizing that we existed, but existed as what? We didn't exist as ego, we existed only as Swarupa. And as Swarupa, we were, it was a yes. state of pure awareness. But, but because but we are now identified with ego, we, it seems to us, no, we weren't aware in sleep. So there's a, there's, there's sleep, the ego's point of view, ego's view is always confused. Just like we're now confused about what we are now, we are confused also now about what we were in sleep. Yes. Though what but, shone in sleep was only Swarupa. But for example, Michael, when we say that the, the consciousness is indivisible, no? Mm. Uh, in, in divided, no? Uh, divided. In, in, in divided, no? It's not possible to fragment. Con the... Consciousness is never divided. Never. Consciousness Never seems to be divided when we rise as ego. But division begins with ego. Only seems to, to be divided in the, yes. in, the, in, in the rise of ego. No? Yes. It's divided that, as subject and objects. Yes, for that, re for that reason, when ego um, arises, uh, and, and you say that ego is composed for two elements, no? Mm. Uh, the, the pancha koshas and the and the and the consciousness and I am yeah. no this apparent combination that yes. this chidavasa is only an illusion because the consciousness or the, the satchit never uh, can uh, separate from from itself and mix with other things exactly exactly this is very 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 subtle because it is subtle it is subtle Sometimes I I heard I heard me explain, for example, no, yes, that yes. Um, the elevation of ego is uh, the result of this phantom without form takes the properties of consciousness of satchit yes. properties, 
the property yes. because the consciousness is yes. divided. Take yeah. the properties to invent a um, simulation of identity uh, composed of these two elements that we're saying. Yes. But this is not absolutely correct. The absolutely correct is what we are saying before, no? That uh, the, the consciousness is all the time individed. Yes. And the ego creates a simulation yes. of a mix of consciousness yes. with uh, pancha cosas. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, it's impossible this mix. Yeah. It's all yeah. an appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Mix. Here's the thing, though. E e ego is in inherently contradictory because, as Bhagavan said, ego is chit jada granti. It's a conflation of chit and jada. When we say, I am this body, we are identifying what is aware with what is not aware. So such a, such a, such a, that is ego is a, is radically confused. So all knowledge that ego has is a confusion. So we are, we are able to recognize that confusion, but in order to be free of that confusion, we need to know ourselves as we actually are. We need to know and to be Swarupa. We need to know and to be what we actually are. Comes to me Until an, an then, there's in, inevitably um, uh, confusion. That's why when we try to understand these things with our intellect, our intellect can only take us so far, but we always come up against paradoxes, contradictions, and so on. So how is any of this intellectual or conceptual knowledge of any use when it's when it the very foundation of all conceptual knowledge is confusion how can this conceptual knowledge be of any use to us it is useful to us only to the extent to which it points us in the uh, in the right direction the right direction is to turn is to turn our outward going mind back within to know ourselves so all of this we, this, these phenomena and ego and phenomena can never be explained perfectly because they will always be contradictions. But we need to understand enough to understand what what is the way of getting out of this confusion. So long as we're in the confusion, there'll be contradictions inevitable. How to get out of this confusion that is the way shown by Bhagavan, by turning our attention. Now our attention is going out towards phenomena. This same attention that is going out towards phenomena needs to turn back within towards the underlying reality of the... needs to turn away from objects back towards the reality of the subject. Back towards our being. But one word that Ernesto said is simulation, and I don't, I don't think that's a proper term. I guess when I say I am Jose, I'm not simulating an identity with Jose. I'm not simulating I'm Jose, but deeply, yeah. deeply I know I'm not Jose. But I'm just going to simulate this real quick. But, but however we explain this, it's not, it's going to be an imperfect explanation. So when he said right, it's a simulation. That that's one way of viewing it, but it's uh, no way it's we explain quite. it is going to be entirely satisfactory. When we experience fear of when I feel this body is dying, 
Yeah. If I feel feel this body's dying, I don't want to be able to snap out of the simulation and say, you know what, I was never this body, so I'm here in this yeah, hospital. Yeah. Let's yeah. Jose, Jose, you know in what I am thinking, for example, if you take a glasses of virtual classes, for, for example, no, these virtual glasses, and you suddenly uh, see that you are a gladiator uh, in Roma uh, fighting with other gladiator, no? And you you are absolutely convinced convinced that you are this gladiator. Yeah. This, this illusion that you are this gladiator is an apparent mix of your consciousness of Jose with the body of the gladiator, but you all the time are Jose. Is you your your real in this example, you with these glasses uh, feeling yourself as a gladiator because you are seeing the lions and the other gladiator and we are fighting. The, the, in this simulation, you appear, uh, you appear the, the 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 two elements that the consciousness and the gladiator. But what is your real identity in, in this illusion? You are Jose. Right, but but that leaves out the strength with which I grasp Jose. So I I I grasp Jose very strongly. Yes. I don't do it very lightly. The gladiator I can leave out because I don't really care about the gladiator. But Jose, I grasp it very strongly. Yeah, That's what I have to stop doing. Stop identifying with Jose implies that this force with which I grasp him has to decrease to, to a point where I can see I'm not Jose. So I mean, in other words, I'm leaving Jose. If someone tells me I have cancer, I'm going to be devastated. Okay, I, I know intellectually this is not real. It's a simulation. So long I grasp Jose so strongly, and I'm this person, I will feel I'm dying. Because your strongly identity with Jose oh, impose yeah. uh, or pre prevail respect the other. Uh, so, so you can say call it a radical ignorance or illusion, but it, I think simulation is a little bit of. Um, can can, can I su suggest a reconciliation? That is okay. what Ernesto is saying. It is an analogy. Analogies all have their limitation, because in the, in that analogy, though you may be wearing these glasses and seeing yourself as a gladiator, all the time you know that you're not a gladiator, you're Jose. This is all just a simu simulation. So there, 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 there's only a, the, the identification with the gladiator is a very superficial identification. But the, 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 so we, the, like any analogy, no analogy is perfect. For instance, the snake rope analogy. The snake rope analogy, you need a third person. Uh, that, that is, the snake isn't seeing it, the rope isn't seeing itself as a snake, and the snake isn't seeing itself as a rope. There has to be someone else who is seeing it. So the, the snake rope analogy is a very useful analogy, but we shouldn't take it too far. So the analogy um, that Ernesto gives, it's it's okay up to a point, but you're pointing out the limitations of the analogy. Yes, all all analogies have limitations because th this is 
though in a sense this is a simulation, this is a simulation that is that is such a convincing simulation. We are completely, as you say, if you if if, if when when you're wearing those glasses and seeing yourself as a gladiator, a lion may jump on you and begin mauling you, or another gladiator may stick his sword in you. That is not you. Playfully, you may um, you you may uh, react to that, but you know it's not real. Whereas if it happens to you, as Jose, as you say, if someone tells you you've got cancer, then it's very very real. So it's it's uh, the analogy, but um, but Ernesto gives is okay as an analogy. We just shouldn't take it too far. How about Don Quixote, Michael? Mm-hmm. See. Don Quixote, you probably know the the classic Spanish book by Cervantes. It was a, a man um, 500 it, years it, ago who thought himself to be a, a, a knight. Yes, 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 yes. Don Quixote. Yeah, went yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. looked like giants and so on. He yeah. really thought he was he would yeah. have to save the princes and. Yes. No, I mean, it's, it obviously has an, uh, the, the limitation to it. Yeah. But, but the utility that I find in this uh, uh, analogy is uh, um, conform we attend ourselves more profound and more keenly and with more love. In any moment, your perception of yourself, of course, eh, as Ernesto, as Michael or Carlos, uh, Will be similar to the gladiator. Yeah. Respect what we are. Yes. Now it's very strongly our identity and don't appear as a simulation, appear as I am Jose, I'm Ernesto, no? Yeah. But conform, we attend yourself gradually. What is now in a second plan will be in the first plan of, of what we are. No? And and the idea that I am this body, and the perception of this body, uh, will be very crushed, very inconsistently. No? So well, just to, to use your analogy, if we are so caught up that that is, it's all a simulation. We've got the glasses on and we see. But if you get yourself completely caught up in that. You may be beginning to fear the lions and the other gladiators, but they, because you 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 allow yourself to get so uh, strongly identified with that simulation, that simulated uh, identity. When you are so strongly identified, what is the only way out of that? You have to turn your attention away from this simulated identity of "I am a gladiator," back to your to the to your previous identity, I am Jose or I am Ernesto or whoever. So th- th- we can use that analogy also to show in our present state what, in order to get out, now we are caught up in this um, in this simulation that is with which we are so strongly identified. We are unable. We seem unable to separate ourselves. But there is a way. The way is to turn our attention back towards ourselves. That is, we, we we are the one who have entered that, and we are the only way to get out of that. 
So it's only by going back within ourselves that we can escape this um, this this uh, false identity that we've now allowed ourselves to get caught up in. Now, if, if I'm a gladiator in this rea um, simulated reality, but in this if in yeah. this gladiator you I, you give me a house. Mm. And, and, and a nice swimming pool. It's all simulated. It's a virtual reality. But yeah. it, if it's a house and there's a crowd of people who praise me, yeah, and I'm doing amazing with so much money and the simulated money, but it's still yeah. virtual. I don't know. I can't really tell. So it's it's all great for me as a gladiator that I seem to be. Yeah. And if I let myself to be swayed by all these praises. And by all these beautiful things around me, even the gladiator will be difficult for me to like go as ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just grasp things. Yeah, yeah. Even the gladiator, then you, I'll have to undergo a sauna. Yeah. With the simulation itself yeah. to let go of the simulation to come back as Jose. This yeah. is so awesome to be a gladiator. Yeah. In my view. Yeah. This is all my own happiness because none of this is happening. Yeah. But I don't, the more I lend myself to go towards the world, whether yeah. it's virtual reality or dream or yeah. whatever, the more difficult it is to snap out yeah. what I take myself to be in it. Yeah, but the point I was trying to make is, so long as you're in that simulation, there's no yeah. way out of that simulation outside yourself. You cannot escape <laughs> from that simulation there's no wherever you search outside you're not going to find an escape the only escape route from that simulation is back through yourself because only exactly. when you turn back to yourself then you're oh i'm not a gladiator i'm just jose so i'm you you escape but obviously we are not switching in this abhavichara we are not switching from one false identity to another false oh, identity yes. we are we are trying to to see what we actually are. Who am I? Yeah, yeah but, so, but you know what will happen? That, if that the... is the only way of escape. The only way that, we that can is... get out of this trouble we've got ourselves in is by going back within. Right, but, it... but you know what will happen? Hmm? Once I have my VR goggles and, and I'm like, am I really this gladiator that I seem yeah. to be? If I'm, because I'm doing so in, well in this yeah. unreal reality, I will, I will, who am I? Am I this gladiator? That I, then my mind will pop into some other thought. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I have to go to my swimming pool tomorrow. So I have, what am I going to do? I have to fight the next gladiator. And then, oh, but, 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 but am yeah. I really this gladiator? I, I thought I was, was a, no, 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 but I, tomorrow I have to go to and fight yeah. this other king in this other kingdom because. Yeah. Once you're, <laughs> once you're fully identified with that, with that role, with that identity, you're unwilling to give it up. This is the difficulty we face now. Turning our attention back within to see what we actually are is not difficult. As Bhagavan says, it's the easiest of all things. But why it seems to us to be so difficult because of our reluctance to give up this false identity. We are so, yeah. we are so uh, caught up in this false identity that this false identity is ourself, it seems to us. Who am I? I'm Michael. So why should I, 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 I don't want to let go of Michael because Michael is myself. 
So this is where the bhakti and vairagya are absolutely essential. I must firstly have uh, lose that desire to continue as Michael, and I must have love to know who who am I. Actually, those two are one and the same. To the extent to which I have loved to know who I actually am, I will, to that extent, I will detach myself from this false identity. I am Michael. I agree that Sylvester Stallone sometimes speaks like Rambo. It's, it's very, very common, no? That actors mm. that interpret a, a, a character yes. too many times. Uh, yes. speaks in, including his families as this uh, character, no? Yeah, 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 yeah. How, with our idea of what we with we uh, are, the idea of Michael, of Jose, yeah. of Carlos. So this idea is like this uh, music uh, music recording in the in the last cassettes. Too many when when we record some song of a radio, ten uh, or twenty times. Uh, mm. uh, above of the same uh, music is a noise mm. that you, you you forget what you you yeah. really are uh, yeah. very strongly you know yeah mm-hmm. now michael if i do a sadhana back to the virtual reality thing if i do a sadhana in the virtual reality to let go of the gladiator and i finally snap back into Jose, I say, jesus i was really attached to all those all that wealth as a gladiator because of the Vedagya that I already cultivated in the virtual reality, that Vedagya stays in my heart to now help me let go of Jose. Is that or not necessarily so? The reason if if you if you in your let's even leave this simulated reality, let's say in dream, we can see this sometimes in dream. Okay. In yeah. a dream. If you try to practice self-attentiveness in a dream, you will often find your way, as soon as you try to turn your attention back to yourself, if you if you really do so, you will wake up. But you'll wake up in this state. Yeah. That is because the, our, the, the strength of our identity with the dream body is less strong than our, the strength of our identity with this body. So though that identity dissolved, this identity remains intact. That is why Bhagavan sometimes said, the the reason people sometimes ask, you say waking and dream are one and the same, but why is it in waking state, things are very consistent. Things happen in a, seem to happen in a logical way. If you're you're now in... um, in a certain city, you don't suddenly next minute find yourself in some other city. But in dream, you may be you may be dreaming one minute that you're in um, Madrid, and next minute you're in uh, Delhi or somewhere. So, why why is it that the dreams uh, they they seem to be less stable than this waking state? When people ask Bhagavan this, he said it all depends on the on the strength of your identification. Some dreams are very unstable like this. You, you, one minute you're, you're talking to someone who may be your 
father or someone, and suddenly it's some friend of yours or uh, that is so. The, the scenes keep on uh, sort of shape shifting. That is because in such dreams, our identification with the dream body is not so strong, but in other dreams. Things seem to be far more consistent because we are more strongly identified. But we, but the identification with this this body is stronger than our identification with any body in a dream because those dreams are dreams within the dream of our life as this person. So this is this is as it were a, a more fundamental identification. So whereas we are able to give up both the identification with the dream body relatively easily, giving up identification with this body is more difficult. Right. So though so you, in a dream, if you attend to yourself, you may wake up, but the same strength of self-attentiveness will not take you to your real state. Right, right. That, this is why I mentioned the virtual reality, because in the virtual reality, I don't necessarily snap out of it. Yeah. So I'm dependent on the computer to snap yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so if whatever vidagya, so in other words, whatever vastness I can surrender in the virtual reality, I guess what I'm saying is the group of vastness, my or the vastness that I employ to experience the virtual reality and the dream and the waking state, they all come from the same place, namely my heart. Yeah. So whatever Vairagya I can accomplish in the so if I surrender, say, I have so many women in the virtual reality or whatever, it's all virtual, it doesn't mean so, but then I surrender that. Just this is mm. not true happiness. I don't like this way of living. Just going to let go of this. Snap out of the true reality, come back as Jose. I don't think that as I say, I'm just going to pull out a new set of asanas because I have already surrendered that in this virtual reality. And in then I dream, I don't think I'm going to dream that because as a dream, I have to pull it from my asanas. But those asanas have been surrendered to a certain extent. Yes, but we, we, we don't, we may be able to slap out of it, but we haven't actually given up those asanas. Okay, that's what yeah, that all that happens. That is the more the deeper we go in this spiritual path, the the weaker the vasanas become. But the vasanas are not destroyed until e their root ego is destroyed. Okay, okay, okay. So okay. It, it's not that we give up our vasanas one by one. It, they weaken, it, but they don't fully. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Get I see. That is a very important point. Yeah. There is an, an upper and gradually reduced of the strong of our basins. Uh, meanwhile, the purification of our mind no, is going. Yeah. Uh, the but, weakening uh, of the basins is itself a purification of the mind, but the basins are the impurities in the mind. Now, yes. regarding the weakening, is it if I weaken it in the virtual reality, it's then I'm going to waking state as a because they're weakened, at least I it will be easier for me to not get swayed by it. Uh, yes, in a way you can say that. Yeah, yeah. Because really it from really it doesn't matter whether whether it's uh whether it's this state or whether it's a dream or whether it's a um it's a uh 
a, um, a simulated reality. It's all ultimately, all mental activity is a play of our vasanas. Got it. Okay. So well, to then the extent we, to, then... how do we weaken our vishaya vasanas? We weaken our vishaya vasanas to the extent to which we hold on to ourselves. Right. Because but vasanas are, are strengthened when we allow ourselves to be swayed by them. They're weakened when we don't allow ourselves to be swayed by them. So the only way to avoid being swayed by any vishaya vasana is to cling to self-attentiveness. So right, right, when right. we are clinging to self-attentiveness, we are not just weakening one or two vasanas. We are weakening vishaya vasanas collectively. In general. Yeah. I see. Okay, perfect. Yeah, as, as the point was going to, I was going to make is, that the, although the weakening is the, and there's not the absolute destruction, there is still much value in the weakening. Oh, yes, absolutely. That's what the spiritual path is all about. We we progress in the spiritual path only by weakening our Vishaya Vasanas. And to the extent to which we weaken our Vishaya Vasanas, our Sat Vasana is strengthened. That is the same self-attentiveness by which we are weakening our Vishaya Vasanas, we are also strengthening our Sat Vasana. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, Michael, going going back to what you said earlier about uh, the different explanations given to different uh, people, uh, as you explained that Sadwam used to do. Yes, yes. And usually it's, uh, well, I don't know if I hear it in this way or I understand it in this way, but usually it's like uh, it, uh, Sadwam certainly writes this in some somewhere in the book. I don't remember exactly when. And, but he it, it, it equates, uh, the ability to take in a deeper explanation with the majority of mind. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Why yeah. is only, I mean, the ability to take in uh, that explanation, why is that a sign of, because uh, can, can, it, can, can it be just like, a, uh, you know, like, uh, it, may, okay, it, may, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes yeah, sense. But, I'm but, going to follow, but... Um, but, but deeper explanations are as a general rule, deeper explanations are also simpler explanations. So whether we are able to grasp an explanation doesn't depend upon our intellectual acumen. It depends upon our willingness to accept a simple explanation. Many people just aren't willing. Their minds are complicated. They don't want to. The, the, the simple explanation doesn't satisfy them. So for them, more complex and um, roundabout explanations, superficial explanations have to be given because that alone will satisfy them. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of our will, actually. You, you don't the have to you accept. Yeah. The moment you accept an explanation, the implications of, it, of the explanation, uh, I mean, we are supposed to understand the implications because when we hear Bhagavan's uh, most rad more radical teachings, we are, uh, in a way, we are, that has, has an effect on our will that, okay, that means, that implies, you know, uh, all my likes, all my dislikes, yeah. all my attachments, all my, so this world see, are to be uh, surrendered. Yeah, yeah. See, see a very simple teaching that Bhagavan gives us. Verse 26 of Uludunapadu. 
If ego comes into existence, everything comes into existence. If ego doesn't exist, everything doesn't exist. What can be a simpler teaching than that? It is so, so simple. But I've, I've come across so many people who just are not able to grasp that. They say, well, no, no, Bhagavan wouldn't have meant it like that. Because because it, it's very, it's not that it's a difficult idea to understand, it's that an idea that most people are unwilling to accept. Mm-hmm. And so they'll try and they'll try and read some other meaning into it. No, no, Bhagavan wouldn't have meant like this. He would have meant he would have meant um that that other things are known only when we rise as a year. It doesn't mean that other things exist, but he very clearly says the words he uses, if ego comes into existence, the Hande and dying, that means if it comes into existence, everything comes into existence. And then he even more explicitly, if ego doesn't exist, everything doesn't exist. He couldn't be more explicit about it. And it's an extremely simple teaching, but it's far too radical. For uh, for most people to accept, mm-hmm. even a... most among Bhagavan's teaching, they Bhagavan's devotees won't be ready to accept it because one of the implications of that is that there's only one ego. Mm-hmm. Because if if you have many egos, then but that's that verse makes no sense. That verse makes sense only if there's one ego because he talks about ego and everything. So the multiplicity comes into existence only when the one comes into existence. <laughs> and when the one doesn't exist, the multiple doesn't exist. The one being ego and the multiplicity being everything else. So there's no room in that verse for us to interpret it as multiple egos. But for most people, they, they're just not able to get their head around it. Mm-hmm. Well, because then that would be metaphysical solipsism. Sorry, then that would be solipsism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and most people are not willing to accept that. against solipsism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the radicality of the. Uh, it's it's not only an intellectual thing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, why you are able to accept? Uh, it is radical. In... But why is it why is it radical? Because I'm so attached to so many things. But yeah, if yeah. I wasn't attached to any of this. Does it matter if it's real or not? <laughs> Bhagavan put it very <laughs> simply in Guru Kavai. There's a verse in which Bhagavan says, the, those who foist uh, reality upon the world are like an infatuated lover who foist chastity upon a prostitute. Right. <laughs> and then it seems very radical to tell a further person yeah. Here is, hey, your wife is, you know, it's radical to the person. He's yeah, so yeah, attached yeah. to, her, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. wife. Yeah, if it yeah. wasn't attached to the wife, oh, really? It's just a thing I know now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a dulling attachment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is why Bhagavan said bhakti is the mother of jnana. Bhakti means love. So ultimately, jnana is our own real nature. It's always available to it if we like it. Why we and why we why we haven't lost ourselves in jnana yet, because we are we still are not we 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 still don't have sufficient love for it. We have too much love for other things. Mm-hmm. But for these things, yeah. 
Yeah, because why do I want Jose? I want Jose because through Jose I can get so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if you took all of these things, these things from Jose, mm. well, I'm not gonna say myself. That'd be too much messed up. But if you take some person, even if you had nothing, supposing you were the poorest man in the world, supposing you were were a slave, having to work 18 hours a day, or even more, 20 hours a day barely getting enough food, enough sleep, your whole life is misery, you still wouldn't be ready, willing to give it up. To give up the body now. <laughs> but, yeah. some people, but some people commit suicide when they yeah, lose, they, when they have their losses. Yes, because but, they had the body to have the things. The things are gone now. I'm not going to stick with this body anymore because I wanted that. Yes. This strong bastard causing suffering. They know I was going to kill myself because I, I, I was here for this, you know. <laughs> but but they, because they still, that is suicide is not a state of veragia. No, it's not. But because but they're, they're, the they're still seeking happiness in something other than your, themselves. Well, if we have veragia, right, it shouldn't matter to us about this, whether body exists or not, let it appear or let it not appear. It's nothing to, to do with me if we have true Vairagya. So it's well, again, it, it's a, it, is, it is desire that leads to uh, suicide. Desire and so, attachment. Suicide, suicide, and I hope this doesn't get brought down by YouTube's algorithm, uh, but it, suicide is... Um, is the opposite in this form of suicide. I'm just going yeah. to call it all suicide. Bod bod body side. But body side <laughs> in this manner. Yeah. It's the opposite of Viragya. Yeah, it is. It is. It's direct opposite. It's direct opposite. Yeah. The suicide that we are aiming for is not the death of the body. The body is innocent. Bhagavan said if you punish the body, it's like um it, 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 Bhagavan said about people who do physical austerities or what you know, he said it's like if a person has done a wrong and you beat the chair they're sitting on the chair is innocent likewise his body is innocent his body has never done anything wrong the, the wrongdoer is ego so it is ego that needs to die mm -hmm. it, it's a Vairaga that is not dependent on anything external obviously yes, yeah, yes. Like the one you you mentioned during the talk with uh, what was it called? It was like uh, smasana uh, vairagya or something. Smasana like, vairagya. Smasana right. means the cremation ground. Uh -huh. yeah, like depending on yeah. any condition or any yeah, circumstance yeah. of life. Yeah, it has to be like uh, regardless of what we're living. Yeah, whatever we are, whatever circumstances yeah. are given in life, uh, there is there yeah. will be vairagya. That's yeah, yeah, the one which is required. Yeah. Yeah. So Vairagya is gold. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. The true Vairagya is gold. It's of the greatest treasure. Mm -hmm. Greatest treasure. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you Bhakti want to add Bhakti and Vairagya are actually one and the same thing. Love for God. Because the love to know ourselves. The, the flip side of the love to know ourself is the freedom from desire to know other things. So long as we 
have desire to know or to experience anything other than ourselves, our love to know ourselves is deficient.